Hello and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today are not our full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away, James Pearce, because he's still unwell. So best wishes to James if he's listening, which we know that he is. He, he wants to say thank you for all the cards. He does, well, yeah. Well wishes the yellow cards and the red cards that yeah. he normally gets playing football because he's normally, normally, for, a, normally for simulation. I've got a chance now, he's listening to this. I've got an there injury is. update on James. Okay, he's cool. told me that he's not feeling any better. So all right, just, yeah, well, there you go. Good, good yeah. news. Yeah, good news. Yeah. So, uh, anyway... Uh, also not here with us is our LFC editor Andy Kelly because he's having a day off. What's one of them? He's supposed to be a journalist. So with me instead is Neil Jones, Hello. Christian Walsh, hey, and thanks, and Joe Rimmer. Hey. <laughs> we'll st- uh, Joe, we'll start with you because you were the only one out of all of us who was at the game on Tuesday. So well done for getting to the game. Yeah. Um, and you saw Ben Woodburn do yeah. something that yeah. it's been a while since someone else has done that. Yeah, yeah, it was a great moment, wasn't it? it, it Basically turned a bit of a nothing night and into a into a memorable one because up until then it had been pretty cold. The performance hadn't been pretty good and Liverpool were looking like they were going to get through after Origi's goal, but um, but only just and then he did that and changed the narrative for the next day. Um, yeah, it was a brilliant moment. Um, Klopp said afterwards he he wouldn't have missed it either, but uh, I don't think Ben will Ben will care. And it'd be interesting to see how he kicks on now. I think there'll be um, the demand for him to to play a few more games. But I think they'll have to be careful and just sort of ease him into it now. Um, he's still very small and slight, and you know I don't I don't expect him to um, to sort of start be starting games anytime soon. Neil, you've never scored a goal in front of the cop. So how <laughs> no. do you think that Ben Woodburn was feeling when he knocked it in? I missed a penalty in front of the cop once. Um, great moment, moment, great moment for him that was. Great moment, yeah, yeah. Given the fact he also looks about twelve years old. Yeah. Well, he could have had one before that, couldn't he? Had a, he had the shot blocked yeah. um, a little bit earlier. Yeah. It, I'm 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 a fully paid member of the uh, the Ben Woodburn bandwagon, you know. I've seen him a few times, seen him in pre-season, under 18s, under 23s. I just really like the look of him. I really like the the way he plays. What I like about him is you get young kids who are 100 mile an hour, and you do get athletic and and quick and and you know insanely talented dribblers and things like that at, at young age. But what you don't get is players who seem to have a bit of a game about them and they seem to have an awareness and a positional sense and then a sense of what you'd call game intelligence. So if someone's tight, you don't you don't let the ball run. You, you, you've got to get your body in and protect it. If someone's you know gives you a bit of space, then you can take a heavier touch and, and try to dribble. And he seems to have a good awareness of what's around him and, and what type of um, touch he needs to take or what type of situation he's in. He doesn't... He doesn't seem flustered by that, and, and I think he, um, I think it, the fact, even the fact that he's there at the back post, to be honest, he's just come on at the cop. You'd, you'd be, you'd be very much forgiven if you're a young lad for not wanting to get too far up the pitch in case you got caught on the counter attack or you, you got caught, you know, out of position defensively. And he's still got the the awareness and the intelligence to get in there at the back post on an overload. And Klopp said it was a, it was something that is, you know, he could have finished himself, and a few people saw that. I thought it was an excellent finish. You know, he was. It was a little bit short the pass to him, and he, there's a defender closing in, and he he's absolutely thumped it into the top corner, hasn't he? And I think a very uh, a very promising start to uh, what looks like it's going to be a very promising career. Christian, being journalists as we are, we can't allow people just to be themselves. We have to compare them to other people immediately as they come on the scene. Which Liverpool player would you compare Ben Woodburn to? People have been talking about Robbie Fowler with the way he finished, Mike Owen with the way that he just his stature and his pace. Or do you just think it's just shut up Ian, let him just get on with what he's doing? Well, it, it's the new thing that where you know he's he's not the the next whoever he's the first Ben Woodburn, um, and I, I do genuinely believe that that 
become the case. I think the Owen comparisons are a little bit off. I don't think he's got that searing pace that Michael Owen does. I think that's based more on just his sort of his location and where he's grown up and the fact that he was born in Chester. I can, you know, and the fact that his, his Liverpool shirt looks like it's ten sizes too big for him on his on his debut. Uh, I I think Fowler's not a bad comparison. I think the way he finished that and, and the way he, you know as you said it was a hard finish. He gets into good positions. The goals that he scores for the academy, for the academy sides, they are all of different, you know, styles and of different natures. But he it's loves it tapping. He loves it tapping. This is the thing. I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have ever associated that with the early Michael Owen. Early Michael Owen was certain pace. You look at his first goal. He sent through, burns off the Wimbledon defender, and then clips it past Neil Sullivan. With Woodburn, I mean, he, he's got that in his locker. He's certainly got the, the ability to sort of break break through the uh, defensive line and, and, and finish. But a lot of them uh, come from when the play's in front uh, in front of him, and he's lurking in, in the in the six yard box. And I think that's what you saw there. He, he's got he's got you know the little game was talking about game intelligence, and and he's got that sort of natural gravitation towards towards goal. That's not to say that he can't do things outside of the 18-yard box, and I think that's where the excitement comes from because he can pick up the ball, he can go on Maisie dribbling runs, he can. I, mean, I think he scored a goal against. It might have been Reading. Um, yeah. Away. Was it? I think it was the one where he beat a couple of men and then yeah. from like 20 yards. And and then, beauty of Arsenal as well. When he, he, he whipped one at the Emirates, wasn't it, into the top corner? Yeah. And then you look at his Wales goals. He's, he's against Luxembourg. He scored a brilliant free kick, and then uh, and then uh, you know you wouldn't see Owen scoring a free kick like that, would no. you? No, but no. you would see, but well, you would see Fowler scoring a free kick. Like you that. speak to people, and it's been going on for eighteen months where this this name's been been mentioned. You know, he come in at fifteen into the under eighteen setup. He used to turn up for training. I'm told he used to turn up the school uniform. You know, that that's an example. He's only he's only just turned seventeen, um, but. I don't. I don't think he's a people expect him to be a striker. I don't think. I don't think Fowler Oro and is is what he's going to be long term. I think he's going to be in the, th- the the line behind a forward. He's going to be either left side or a, a number ten. Um, the the name one one person I spoke to said that was Aaron Ramsey. Who said he said he reminds him of Ramsey in terms of the way he moves across the pitch. He's not necessarily lightning quick, but he's got like a sort of ability to drift and carry the ball through, you know, gliding if you like. And I think he's probably he's probably got more penalty box instinct than Aaron Ramsey. Aaron Ramsey's a bit of a deeper player, but that that was the that was the first comparison I I heard about him. I think I think he just looks he just looks a real he looks a footballer a real good footballer. And the other thing I I, I liked about him is he did that against Arsenal. The goal I just mentioned the way it, I think it was I think it might have been a Jari who pulled it across to him and he just whipped into the top corner first time. And then there wasn't like a sort of there wasn't a moment of Look, see what I've just done. It was just like I'd, I'd do that. Like that's you know that was just standard. And I think there's there's something good about that. I think you know you see good players, they don't get overawed by the fact that they've done something good. They just do something good the next time they get it. And I think he's got that that capability. Joey wasn't the only youngster to impress. I mean, you did the player ratings from the game, and you gave Trent Alexander-Arnold a good a good yeah, score. I mean, yeah. he set up the goal for Origi, which obviously was the important goal in the yeah. game. Uh, he'd already put in a really good cross in the first half, quite similar. Yeah. Lucas was on the back post. And um, I thought all game, he was just so composed on the ball. He did like a little... Actually, just before Leeds hit the post, he did a little nice turn and got out, got out the danger and gave it to Stewart, who put himself back into danger. But... But Alexander Arnold looked so composed on the ball. His tackling was good. 
His heading was good. He never took any chances. He nodded one out for a corner when he wasn't sure who was behind him. He he just looked he looked a good fullback. You know, he he did the right things at the right times, and then he had a bit of quality going forward as well. He went on a really good run. I think it was the first half. Nothing came of it, but he played a one-two and got into the box. So yeah, I thought he looked good. But the other one that impressed me was Ajaria because I, I do think physically he looks older than his years. He kept the ball. He didn't do anything daft with it in midfield. All right, he didn't suppose shine like the other two and, and steal the headlines, but he certainly looks a really good prospect and, and someone they stole from Arsenal. Well, they must be uh, kicking themselves now. Saying Ajari is an interesting one, Christian, because he's the one, perhaps, if we'd have done this a year ago, he's the one that none of us would have really heard of. I mean, even in the summer, I must admit, I hadn't really paid much attention to what he was doing, but he's the one in some ways, as, as Joe's just mentioned, he appears to be the one that looks physically ready for the Premier League and also he's kind of got... If, I know it's way too early. People, again, making comparisons. Some people saying Paul Pogba, which is a, a little bit daft, but you can kind of see where they're coming from, just the way he's all legs and athleticism. Wise, yeah. He's here style-wise. But he's the one, isn't he, that do you think he's got more chance of perhaps in the immediate future getting a few games, say, in the Premier League? I do. I've got no problem holding my hands up here and saying I was completely wrong about Ovi Ajaria. I watched him for the under-18s in the Youth Cup against Birmingham. He came on as a sub and he actually scored. But headless chicken doesn't even begin to describe what he was. He just ran around 100 miles an hour, no real positional awareness, no real game intelligence. No, right, at that age, he would have been, what, 16 at the time, and he's just come on to try and turn the game around. Uh, that, that, that's to be expected, but he's, this, he's a player who... It, it, it's remarkable to see how he's taken to the increase in, in level. So the other scenes, he was for me one whenever I watched them, one of the ones who didn't stand out. And you thought not really got a future there. Then the under twenty ones slash under twenty threes, just you know, one of the one of the better players in the team, but wasn't too bad. Is and that now, is that because of his physical? Presence? I think it because is. Because there's just, a lot that's of what I was going to move yeah. on to. I was going to say now he's with the big boys, if you will. I think he sort of he feels more at home. He feels more comfortable. He doesn't feel like he has to use his physicality as a as an attribute. I think he just allows his natural game to play. I mean, I never would have again, never would have pegged him down as a, a player who could play on the on the left of a, of a front three, as he did against Tottenham, or when he came on against um, Watford, or sort of as the sort of as the Lallana of a of a front three, uh, midfield three. Sorry, when he was in the under 18s and whatnot, he was coming on as a sort of like one of those. Probably a lazy comparison, but like a sort of a Yaya Torre, like a, a powerful lad in the middle who could break through and break through the lines and all that. Um, but but he seems a lot more comfortable with with what he is now in terms of, you know, because it, it, it's not all about physicality. He's actually got a really nice touch. He's got fantastic vision. That ball for yeah, Wijnaldum um, early on in the first half was, was was superb. And I think, I mean, we've funnily enough we've we've debated this in, in another article about who's going to make the breakthrough first in terms of like this season. I think the positions that he plays, I think he will get more chances than than the other two. I think Klein is, is so durable that Alexander Arnold's gonna have to just wait for him to get a little bit of a knock. I think Woodburn, because of his because of his stature and size, he's only gonna be sort of used as a fleeting substitute now and then. With Ajaria for me, he's proven against both Tottenham and, and Leeds that he can go into a, a Premier League game and, 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 and hold his own. In positions that Liverpool sometimes look a little bit late to me. I think it's interesting. I mean, another little point to me. We talk about Ajari being taken from Arsenal. Well, last night, Arsenal put in some youth team products and got 
turned over a home soil, missed out on a semi-final. I think it's it's refreshing for Liverpool. They look, if you've got a player necessarily at Man City, Arsenal, Chelsea, and you talk about them being out of reach for Liverpool, I don't. Maybe they're not now because maybe you are looking at players 15, 16 who are maybe wavering over a contract, are looking and thinking, well, if I stay at Arsenal, what well, I'm going to get a League Cup game and then loaned out if I go to Chelsea I'm going to go to Vitesse Arnhem for eight years and then, <laughs> and then stay there if I go to Man City you know they've got Nack Brader in, in, in the Eredivisie doing that so uh, you know Liverpool are sort of by these three players doing what they're doing at the moment I think Liverpool are also sort of Re- replacing themselves at the top of maybe the, the wish list of young players who are coming through put an academy in the shop window yeah, almost. I was going to say Neil because you wrote a piece Yesterday about yeah, the academy, and it was it was awful. I mean, <laughs> I just about got through it. But it was giving credit to the academy. What I was going to mention then is that you mentioned then. I'm glad you mentioned the Arsenal game because that Arsenal team from against Southampton last night seems to be made up almost entirely of youngsters. Yeah. But if you look at Liverpool's team in the League Cup certainly this season, the keeper has been Mignolet or yeah. Carrius. The defence has had Clavin, Lucas, all of them in it. So the youngsters who've been brought in. They've had all these senior players around them, so they've got a lot more chance well, that's, to that's make an impact. You, you, people talk about United's class of '92, but they didn't. They didn't just throw them in. All seven of them, and 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 that was it. You know, they had Cantona and Schmeichel, and you know, earlier on they had Paul Ince, Steve Bruce, Gary Pallister. That was that's the point. You don't. You you can't with a golden generation. To, to coin a phrase, you can't just throw them in and say. Go and win as the league. That that will that won't happen. And that that didn't happen with Manchester United. You know they they didn't win the league because of those those kids. They won the league because of the senior players. But they they came through and and helped matters. And that's what that's what you have to do. I think I looked at that Arsenal team last night and thought they're going to get beat because they hadn't. The bench was even younger. The bench had people I'd never even heard of. You know, like, so many double. They have about twelve yeah. people on it. So many yeah. double battle names. <laughs> yeah. the, the other interesting thing is that I've just mentioned that point then about playing all the playing alongside senior players. But it was only in January that you know I went to Exeter yeah. and the team sheet dropped. And you're like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. And how many? And then the, the the youngsters that we've all mentioned here, none of them were involved. Yeah. And it was a load of other youngsters. And I know Klopp at the time said we got injuries, you know whatnot. But he, you know, they almost all of them, with the exception of Shea Yojo, have gone. But I or, think or not Stuart, have a chance. Well, Stuart as well, sorry. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think yeah. this is sort of. I've never understood the, the idea that in a game you, you play the, 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 the reserves and the, and the kids because, you know, let's take someone like Jerome Sinclair. What was he ever going to learn playing alongside Christian Benteke, who, fine player and all that, but didn't really have a future at Liverpool? What was. Who else played? What did what what what, what was Sam Hart going to learn? Was it Sam Hart? No, no right, right, sorry, Joe right, Maguire. Yeah, well, yeah. What's he going to learn next to for the five minutes next to Jose Enrique? You know, <laughs> don't answer that. Yeah. <laughs> other than other than becoming He'll, really good on Mario Kart. Yeah, no the way I've seen him again. He, he, he also now knows the way to notice Safari. Yeah. Oh, he's yes. going to pass. He's going to be cruel on Jose. Yeah, Also cruel on Notice Safari Park. It's very good. We recommend that you go. Although other safari parks are available. My brother's at the safari park. Today. Is he? Yeah, that's yeah. good. No product placement here. Yeah. Yeah. No. Can we have a lot of free tickets? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you, you, you put all the... You're basically implanting the youth team. Yeah. And just put them on a, on a different stage. You, you're giving them other people's problems to, to deal with on top of their own, aren't yeah, you? Exactly. Because exactly. Bogdan was in goal that day, so yeah. you've got... 
if you've got a, a you suggesting that Bogdan's in some way a problem. He was that night, <laughs> but no. If, you, if you're if you've got a player who's he's not necessarily in the team thinking right. I'm a senior player. I need to look after these kids because they're only young. He's thinking I haven't played for three months. I need to do something myself. So they're worrying about their own game. They're not necessarily guiding these players through games. So whereas if you've got someone like Lucas playing who knows that responsibility, James Milner came off the bench on on um, Tuesday night. You know. He saw him. He, he was coming on when Woodburn scored, wasn't he? Because he was playing right the yeah. opens, you know, Woody. He kept shouting Woody, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got if you've got players who are aware of what it's like and what's needed for a young player when he's coming into the team, I think it, it helps them enormously. Rather than if you throw them into a team that's just a, a what would you call it, a, a, a ragtag bunch of mm-hmm. misfits and in a tribute today. It's not just that, though, is it? You, you're putting a lot of pressure on those young kids to do something in that in that mm-hmm. extra game. You, you're expecting um, Ryan Kent to win the game for you when the other night you, you you expect the senior players to win the game for you and a nice performance out of the others is good. And I thought that was that's why Ajaria played so well because the pressure was off him. He was the third man in a more experienced midfield. And, and Chan and Wijnaldum um, and, and people around him allowed him to just have a nice, quiet... Because his game was quiet. In the first half, he just kept the ball well. He put that nice pass in. And the second half, I think he sort of petered out a little bit. But it was a promising performance. We didn't expect him to win the game. We didn't expect him to score a goal or, or make a, a match-winning pass. And it was good, you know, and it allowed them to, to grow. I mean, it's not it's not just the club thing. I mean, you remember the the, the Rafa Benitez team of the, that went to White Hart Lane and won on penalties. You know, Mark Schmeiv, I think Robbie Foy yeah, was on the bench. Yeah. John Welsh Richie was in Partridge midfield. Richie played. Partridge yeah. played. And David I think Raven. David Raven. I think mentally, for for young players in that situation, they must be thinking, right, okay, I'm in the first team, but I'm not really in the first team, am I? I'm here by default. It's, yeah. All right, I'm wearing the Liverpool kit. And on the scoreboard and on the on the newspapers the next day, it'll say Liverpool Football Club. But ultimately, I'm just at an under twenty one level here, just getting playing, a getting a run out against a, a much better team. And I don't know what they're meant to learn. Whereas I think the, the the true gauge of rating a player in the academy staff is when they implement them into an actual first team. And I think that's what we're seeing with these three. I mean, the other thing from the game on uh, on Tuesday is that it's not just. What we term as the youngsters, the academy lads who are young. There's still the likes of Divakarigi. Yeah. He's still a youngster, and he's someone who's still. He's been Mark, here for a year now. Marco Gruitcher. Well, that's it. No, I don't. No. But they did say at the time he said it might take him a year to yeah. to acclimatise. So I think both he and the manager kind of knew he wasn't going to get a lot of football so far this at this point this season. But Origi Neil, I know you're a massive fan. I mean, it was fan. this this stage last season in the competition where you gave yeah, a perfect lost ten lost for the uh, Southampton game. I mean, Joe gave Joe gave Ben Woodburn a ten on Tuesday. Must be something about the quarter final of the League Cup and giving giving tens. But Origi now with, you know, Sturridge, I mean, we did this the other day that the injuries come at the wrong time, etc., etc. And Origi, I know he's carrying a little bit of a knock, but you kind of have to assume he's going to get strapped up and thrown out against Bournemouth. Big chance for him, isn't it? Yeah, big chance. I love, <laughs> love his goal, actually, Tuesday night, because I think if, if, if I've got a criticism of Origi, I think he, he, I think he likes to look good, Origi. I think he likes to do things that look good, so he likes to take... Few touches and and you know a step over and a flick back onto his right foot and you know I, I think that was a that was a not an ugly goal it was a really good goal but it, it was it was the kind of goal you want a centre forward to you want you want sliding yeah. in don't you you know in front of the goalkeeper who wasn't Rob Green by the way and Rob Green didn't have the uh, the decisive impact just just to let you know there Ian after your okay. claims in the last podcast 
But didn't play. Didn't know exactly. Why not? That's what he's bet. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like to say. But I like that. I like the goal because it's good movement, it's good anticipation, and it's it's doing what you need to do to score a goal. And I'd like to see Origi doing more of that because I think he's got massive, massive potential. Um, but that's the thing that we always talk about with, with players is can they turn potential into decisive moments in games and, and, and regular decisive moments and his record as a, as a starter for Liverpool I've given myself an idea for an article here, so I'm going good. to leave I'm now and notes. start writing it I think it must be pretty good because he seems to score every time he starts for Liverpool and I, I, I think that's very encouraging I mean looking ahead now to the game on Sunday it's Bournemouth away Liverpool you could have to say that over the last three games, they've not quite been at it that they were earlier in the season, but they've kept three clean sheets, won two games, they've been getting through games. Is this some way, this is good because of the games that are coming up, the fact that they're not going to be able to play like this all the time. Is this Liverpool proving something else other than where we can wow people? Now it's like where we can grind people down, we can whir away at these teams who just put everybody behind the ball. Or Leeds was a little bit different in the fact that this was a team who went, no, we're going to have a bit of a go here. And they still managed to get... Get around them. Well, first of all, I can't believe you've changed subject because I had a crack and stats up my sleeve. Well, then save it for his piece. No, no, it's different. What, Emery Chan's younger than Kevin Stewart. No, I didn't want to mention Emery. I didn't it. want to mention <laughs> That's what I'm Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, well, anyway, I've got another one for you. On, on, I am older than Emery Chan. There we go. You look it as well. <laughs> on to Bournemouth. No, I, I completely, uh, I completely you know, agree in the, in the sense that Liverpool are starting to grind out wins. I, I thought the Leeds game, was, I know they had a little bit of a go, they certainly had more of a go than Sunderland, but I think, think ultimately it was a similar sort of game where Leeds were happy to sit back and, and concede possession. And, the, sorry to interrupt, these are like uh, games that Liverpool, there's a no win, isn't it? It's like they can win the game, mm. but they're not going to get any kind of credit for winning. Yeah, They'll be expected yeah, to yeah. win, whereas early in the season they were still kind of this new thing and they were going to places like Chelsea and winning and Arsenal were, that was almost like they were in a no-lose situation. This is completely different, well, isn't I think it? Klopp's, I think Klopp's already said, doesn't he, you know, we're keeping clean sheets now but we're not scoring six, you know, so he, he sort of, he's alluding to the fact that his teams, you know, can, can transition from this wonderful goal-scoring side to, to this one that can grind out these 2 no wins and, you know, Title-winning teams there to say a successful team certainly. I've, I've got to have both in there. Look at, um, you know, I, I don't think I think Bournemouth will be a bit of a different test to Sunderland and Leeds. I think it'll probably be a bit of a mix. I think they'll have a go, um, but at the same time, I don't think they'll probably be as rigid and structured at the back as as Moyes had Sunderland. I don't think you'll have uh, whoever at left, uh, whoever's meant to be playing up front. Dropping back as, a, as an auxiliary left back, for example. You might have some left back, Brad Smith, playing up front though, because he, he looks to get he up. Does, he does, he loves to get up yeah. and, 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 and have shoot. Could in front of him as well. Could could that, yeah, do, could, yeah. that could be the left and hand he definitely side. does not look to come back. No. And, um, but it, it, I think the, the one result, this, it feels like we always say this now after every game, but the one result Liverpool are missing this season and the one performance is just a bit of a dominating away performance, like a routine 3 0 bang, there you go, away from home. Um, they've obviously had the Palace one, but then they almost oh, threw the it away. Routine three 0 away. <laughs> 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 we, all, we all dream of the routine three 0 They want to bring it up, but they have had a routine eight 0 victory. <laughs> oh, no. Well, Can I just put on record? I did not put him up to saying that. I did not put Joe up to saying that. That's and it entirely wasn't, on him. It wasn't eight goals. It was eight, eight goals. goals. Yeah. Get it right. So, yeah, so Get it right. Only, six only massively wrong. Not yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stop picking on him. So, <laughs> Christy makes a good point, doesn't he? Like. Bournemouth, Bournemouth aren't 
a team renowned for being at two banks of four. They're not renowned for, for two sitting midfielders. They're going to have Jack Wilshire playing in there and uh, Harry Arthur Harry probably Arthur, and yeah. um, Andrew Sermon who, who like to like to pass it. That's that's what they are. They're, they're, they're people who like to dictate. He's always Sermon. Whenever you do a stats piece, you do passes per game. He's always right in the top top ten. Sermon he gets on the ball a lot. Um, so that's 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 encouraging for Liverpool in terms of it should give them a bit more of a game in terms of that suits their their way of playing. Well, obviously a lot will depend on who's who's playing for Liverpool as well in terms of that. I'm sure we're gonna we'll come on to that shortly. The, the, thing, the other thing I'd say is I think Liverpool have earned. Uh, uh, Liverpool created this this situation where teams. I don't think at the start of the season I think you might have got a few more thinking. Well, we'll see how Liverpool go. Burnley might have given them an idea that oh, look, if you have a go at Liverpool, you can you can you can upset them. But from Liverpool's performances, they've they've frightened teams. I was going to say it is the fear in their own it, half. And, you look at the Southampton game the other week. That's the fear factor. Yeah, that's why Southampton did that. Southampton yeah. at home, a good yeah. side at home. So you know that's at the price of success. If I, you like. I think it will also, also sort of what I was alluding to. It'll fear. It'll sorry. It'll strike fear into teams that aren't actually that good at defending. So you get yeah. someone like Moyes and look for all that we we you know you take the mick out of him. He can set up. Five banks of five, can't he? Like he knows exactly what he's doing in that sense. Five banks of five. <laughs> that was that like that. He's just five man defence. No, he's just five man defence. No, he's just five I don't think Eddie Howe can set his upper side to be as you know as rigid and as and as sort of tight. I don't think he wants. I don't think he. I don't think he wants. To, he wants to, I think he might be forced to. I don't think Cloud Puel wanted to necessarily, but I think Liverpool start, even though Liverpool didn't start the game very well. The the, the way they play and the relentless nature of it, I, I think it's hard for a player not to, to to stay brave in the face of what Liverpool do and just basically go. No, we'll keep to our game plan. If you got Firmino running there and. Coutinho's not in, but Coutinho and Lallana and, and whoever, Van Alden, Henderson, Mane, like as as an opposition player, you're just going to go into sort of survival mode and go right. I'm I'm stepping back here. I'm I'm not I'm not engaging with these. We're just going to cling on. Joe Lallana was just mentioned then. Yeah, he's somewhere obviously he's been missed. Do you think he has been missing over the last couple of games? Yeah, because you know, he, yeah. he's going to be going back to a Bournemouth team where he he kind of made his name as a youngster because mm-hmm. he got nicked from. From Bournemouth by Southampton. Yeah. Well, they got a nice yeah. little tidy fee when Liverpool paid Southampton, didn't they? I think they I think got twenty percent of the. Yeah, they got fee. they got something got like six million or something. But he's kind of certainly this season he's, he's shot more to prominence because you see from the last couple of performances he's the kind of the guy who's knitting the midfield to the attack because yeah. at times it's been a little bit not not isolated. But if you've got someone like Emre Chan, he likes to take one or two three touches just to get the ball under control. That's kind of his game. That's how he plays it. Whereas the Lana's more instant. Wham, there we go. Which, when he first joined, we were always saying, just calm down, just stop it with all the turns. But yeah. it didn't make any sense. But now he's, he's in a team where it does actually make sense. Yeah, I actually think it's, it's no coincidence that Liverpool have started the last couple of games slowly that he hasn't been in it because they've struggled to get sort of a cohesive way of playing going. And I think when he comes back, it will make things better. I think that, that's my, my fear for Liverpool at the moment with these <coughs> games is they're not starting fast enough and they get they they play themselves into a way where teams are dropping back, and the more and more urgency they needed to get a goal, they struggle. They struggle to break teams down because they 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 know the pressure's on them to get a goal. They know that they haven't they've only got so many minutes left. Whereas I think with Lalana, 
he gets them moving quickly, he gets the, the, the defence into attack quickly, and Liverpool can break quicker. So I think he's he's really key, and, and I think I suspect that he'll come back this weekend, and, and that would be a, a massive bonus. He for did Liverpool. an interview with, uh, with Jamie, Jamie Redknapp. Anfield, it was in Anfield. Anfield, did you see his jeans? I did not see his yeah. jeans, no. It's on his knees. Check out his jeans. Oh, if we're, talk, if we're oh. talking about jeans, there's only one man here who can comment on jeans, and that's Joe Jeans Rimmer. Well, I don't like ripped jeans, so... Well, there you go. That's but that, that, I mean, we're taking, we're clutching the straws a little bit, but that suggests that, that he, I think if he wasn't playing, he's not going to do Sky no. interview before no. the bottom. I think you're going to say he wouldn't wear ripped jeans. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the maybe, new maybe it was to get a bit more um, air into his, his groin would, would injury that, that, while he's walking around. The jeans theory, never mind a bit. Would, would that be better than Toxic Thunder, though? Denim? No, it no, wouldn't. No, no double anyway, denim. Ask no. Jimmy Corkill. Yes. Or Andre Boronin. Yeah, indeed. Yes. But yeah, no, I, that, I think Joe's spot on. Lamana, also, he's he's someone who clearly knows his role in that midfield. And I think Wijnaldum's still working out a little bit. Chan is still working out. Or, or Liverpool are trying to still work out Chan's role. <laughs> he's, well, he's, he, he spent all last season as the, the, the deepest midfielder. Now he's sort of, he's now swapped with Henderson and he's, he's expected to do a bit more in the, in the attacking sense. So I think Lallana has clearly, even though he hasn't necessarily played that position all, all his career or, or all his Liverpool career, he seems to have decided, knows what, what he's meant to be in the team and I think that helps. Well, that helps. Also, Lallana is basically Liverpool's dog whistle, isn't he? He sort of, you know, he is the one who engages the press, yeah. along with Firmino, but I think it's Lallana more than yeah, anyone. He gets them through the first three banks of five. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 like the shot. <laughs> but he is, I think, I think he's, he's the one who sort of tells everyone else, like when he goes, everyone else goes. Yeah. He's the one who conducts the press and that, that's that been missed. And certainly, you know, as you, and, you know, as you say, Chan doesn't really know what his what, what, what main role is at the, the moment. Yeah. Uh, Aldum's only just joined the club, so, and he's in a new position as well. Whereas, yeah, Lalana knows exactly what Klopp wants of him and, and he knows that. And I think the rest of the team know when he goes, we go. And I think they've missed that a little bit in the last couple of weeks. You both mentioned Wijnaldum then. I mean, we've sat here, I think it was a couple of months ago, where I think I said it, I don't know whether you were in agreement with the pair of views, possibly Joe as well, that I didn't really understand why Liverpool had bought him. I couldn't see where he was going to play and I couldn't really see how he could justify the fee, given what he'd produced at Newcastle. However, we're now kind of seeing what yeah, he's all about, isn't he? I mean, he was playing a different position against Leeds. This is the first time he's kind of played in more of an attacking role, wasn't it, Joe? Yeah, I suspect he might play there against Bournemouth as well, because um, it might have been a bit of a warm-up role for him. But uh, I really I really like Wijnaldum. I like the way he receives the ball. I think he can take it on either foot. I think he, he does keep things ticking over well. He uses it well. He, he, he doesn't um, doesn't try anything too flashy. You know, He doesn't try and dribble with it too much. He just gets it, controls it, and keeps the, the game moving. Um, I prefer him deeper, but um, yeah, I think he might play left. He's, he's wiry, isn't he? As well, he, yeah, he, he doesn't lose many like when he when he has to go shoulder to shoulder with oh, someone he, and, and roll him. He he, can, he seems to be able to do that and come out with the ball. You know, even if he's got good hold ups. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's like Origi in the fact that, and Lalana that he's got very very quick feet, so he can get the ball either either for gets it under control, and as Joe just said, then he gives it, and that kind of helps with the pace of the game, yeah. which is where there are other players in the team who aren't quite like that. They bring so, other qualities. Brilliant goal, wasn't it, Woodburn? From from start to finish, you know, Woodburn is the, the the story of the goal. But I thought it was a cracking goal the way it was. Arigi, Mane, Arigi, and then Van Alden. Yeah. So, 
Ryan Alden couldn't have forgiven him in front of the cop for, for swinging a boot at him, couldn't he? And, it's and good to wear, it's good behind yeah. him as well, yeah. wasn't he? Up there and he laid it off. He, he does a few of those nice balls. He did one to Lallana in the Leicester game, yeah, was it? When he rifled it into the yeah. top. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he's an intelligent player, and again, hold me on. Except Man, I hope Southampton as well, but the one that forced the tipped over the bar. Yeah, he does, Just pops it off. Sorry, I don't think there was anyone that thought that Ryan Alden, when they were buying him, could really totally understand why. That's I why Jürgen Klopp's a football manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now you see the little hints of why he's got him. The, yeah. the, the yeah. qualities that we've just mentioned then and his versatility. Energy, energy as well. Isn't it? Well, that, 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 you wouldn't have had that down for him at Newcastle, but then you look at Newcastle and yeah. it all went wrong last season, didn't it? So, yeah. you know, McLaren didn't know how yeah. to use him. Shock horror. That's yeah. it. He scored most of his goals against Norwich in yeah. one game as well. Yeah. He's basically Suarez. <laughs> so when Alden is Suarez, Suarez, yes. They talked about a, a drop off away from home, didn't they, Newcastle fans, when, yeah. when he came? But I haven't noticed that. I haven't seen that either. I'm going to say the one where he really came to the fore was Chelsea. Yeah. But he kind of, it's almost like he got it then. Yeah, he was superb, superb that night. Him and Henderson were brilliant in the midfield. Like. A, a big, uh, big game for um, Mane as well. I, I feel. I think he's just gone off the boil slightly yeah. in the past couple of weeks. And when he came to Liverpool, he had that reputation of being a little bit streaky. Now, you know, there's not to say that players can't start really strongly and then, you know, the streak doesn't have to start slowly, go quick, and then maybe he started really quickly and now he's, he's getting to that stage where he struggles to string together a couple of good performances. So, couple especially, of yes, yeah. you know, past maybe two or three games, he's not quite been, but you say that, he won the penalty against Sunderland. Yeah. Well, we've, we've, we mentioned this at the time, saying that, because he's got the pace, he can be having an absolutely awful yeah, game like he exactly. did do against Sunderland. But he just gets the ball, runs in runs a straight line, and, and it frightens the other defenders into, into making a mistake. Definitely. But especially with Coutinho out as well, and a couple of other injury doubts, and you know, a couple of yeah. niggles here and there, he really needs the £30 million man to step up again. Yeah. One final thing then, um, Philip Coutinho has been praised by the Brazilian coach, I believe, Christian. I mean, I've not seen this story, but you have. What's, what's actually been said? I can't say can we paraphrase? Can we paraphrase? Flipping, uh, expletive yeah. awesome. He said. Um, he said he talks about his role playing on the on the left of Liverpool's front three and said he, he, he called them a training for Brazil and said, "How are you finding? How are you liking your new role?" Coutinho said, "Loving it, thanks." This is pre ankle injury, obviously. Um, and he said, "Oh, one more thing, true Colombo style." I think he's turned around. One more thing, and says to him. You're playing absolutely awesome, amazingly well. And he said, thank you. And thank you, Professor. Thank, thank you, Professor. <laughs> yeah, good night. Um, he's right, uh, and he will be missed by Liverpool over the next few weeks. So what we say one final thing, this will be the final thing. What are we expecting at Bournemouth then? What would you say the team would be, Christian? Bournemouth or Liverpool's? You can give me both if you want. I'm, right, I'm not giving you Bournemouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Match of those past my bedtime. Um it's hard with the, with the injuries. Okay, I'll, I'll, Sturridge on, yeah, is if Sturridge is fit, is he playing? No. If Firmino is fit, is he playing? Yes. Is Wijnaldum playing? Yes. Is Lallana playing if he's fit? Yeah. Is Mane playing? Yeah. Hang on, I'm just this now. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Steve with you. Didier and Dom as well. I would suggest that the, the most likely player to miss out is Chan. Right, yeah. that would be my, my channel. Wine Alden would be one. Would of you the not ones think there. this might be the one game though where he could be useful? Because we mentioned <laughs> the, the one game. Really <laughs> <not> <laughs> the, one game the one game more than others in which he could his. 
qualities could prove beneficial to Liverpool. A bit more time, you mean? Yeah, because they have a bit more time, and he's up in a midfield where he can't physically dominate well, them as well. Of, the game I'm thinking of Swansea, away, he came on a sub that day because I think... Because he had been selected to start. Yeah, well, that was, yeah. you sort of have to, don't you? You have yeah. to sit on the bench if the manager tells you to. But I think Wijnaldum and Henderson were in the middle. Lallana went off injured in that game. Sturridge came on and then Chan came on late on. Did an overhead kick and pushed the referee over. So, <laughs> so that made you rate it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got a nine off me. But I think I think probably would go with Wijnaldum for the for the threat level over Chan. But that they would be the two I would think who'd be worrying about their their place on on Saturday if if Lovana and Firmino are both fit. I think I'd probably go Henderson obviously, um, Wijnaldum, Lallana, um, Mane. For me, you know, Origi. Yeah, same, same as Christian. Yep. Just because Origi's in that rhythm, whereas I'm not sure Sturridge will be yeah. if he is. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't think, think we can safely say if Sturridge hasn't trained for a week, he won't he's not, he's not playing, is he? He's always got rhythm, training rhythm all the time with Sturridge, and I don't think, we can, I don't think we'll see him at that film. Probably, probably not even on the bench. You can't drop Origi anyway, can you? He's scoring goals, you know, yeah. you've got to keep the lad in. Yeah. Right, I think that should just about do us. Join us next week, in which maybe Andy and could be back, and James might even be well. Yeah. You never know. Let's also right. pray for James. Yeah, pray for James. <laughs> exactly. Hashtag pray for James. Cheerio.